I love getting up in the morning. I clap my hands and say, this is going to be a great day. Swick Technologies presents the Leading Business Podcast, helping you leverage technology to accelerate your growth. The key to this business is personal relationships. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Swick Tech Leading Business Podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Shane. Look at this. Real-time yeah. feedback. In person. We are at Swick Tech's office uh, here in our, one of our conference rooms. Uh, so the setting has changed a little bit. We are distanced, and we wanted to uh, add a little bit more banter to how we roll this out. And so we have two kind of initial segments to kind of get us going here, and then we'll dive into our topic today, which is Cybersecurity Awareness Month here in October. Uh, so the topic that I wanted to start with is each of us are going to kind of share a piece of technology that we're using that's newer, uh, and we're going to do that every time we record. So if you want to go first. Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. So I've recently been getting into video editing more, um, and so I'm learning DaVinci Resolve, uh, which is just another video editing tool like Adobe Premiere or Final Cut Pro. Um, I mean, there's lots to learn there in general with video editing, so I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Is that product, what's the difference between that and the other two contenders there? Uh, four letters. <laughs> F-R-E-E. <laughs> it is free. I am not ready to pay money for software right now. And actually, so I started researching this and I found DaVinci Resolve and it's like one of the you know top three video editings, those three I just mentioned. Um, and it's the only one that's free and there's all kinds of useful content on you know, how to do different things in it, transitions, et cetera. And so I figured might as well just go with that one what, rather than spend a fortune on the other <laughs> options, yeah, right? Adobe Premiere Pro <laughs> is a minimum 50 bucks a month, I think, if you want the full package. Like that's... You get so much with it. I know. If you get the full package. I know. And they all work together very nicely. Um, but I haven't heard the other one, so I'll have to check, check that out. Yeah, so the look. other cool thing with DaVinci Resolve is it started as a color grading tool, right? Hmm. So video editing, color grading is one piece of that, making yep. your colors in your videos match up uh, to real life. And so it started as a color grading tool only, and then they built video editing and, wow, what's it called, non-linear editing into the platform. So it has really powerful color grading and audio features built into the video editing too. So it's a little bit more powerful than Adobe Premiere Pro. Okay. If I say so myself. Well, we'll have to check out some of your work once you kind of polish up some of those skills. Deal. And see how it works. Uh, one that I'm using currently is a software. It's a web app called Duplicate. Uh, kit with a K, Dupla, and then K-I-T dot C-O. What you just said, no one is ever going to be able to type into a browser. <laughs> <laughs> Duplicate uh, dot C-O. And it comes from the same folks that make uh, Wave and um, Zubtitles. And so these folks have done a really good job of making powerful web apps that are good for content creators. So uh, what Duplicate is, if I can take an MP3 file, like our podcast, for example, I can feed it our podcast, and it will convert that into a blog article. So it'll transcribe the audio, uh, whether that's a video or an audio file, and put it into text, and very easy to format with a title, quotes, pictures, um, plain text, et cetera. And so it can really enable hmm. folks that are trying to create content um, to go faster. It does some of that 
for you? Like you dump the whole file in, it decides what the title is and stuff? No, and it dumps the whole file in and, and then you can easily, through its uh, little platform, do all okay. of those other things right there. So you don't have to like hmm. copy and paste it somewhere else, although I'm sure you could if you had something else you were comfortable with. Uh, like Grammarly is another tool that I use sure. uh, to make sure I'm spelling correctly and using appropriate grammar. I hope everyone uses Grammarly. Yeah, like you can turn it on for all sorts of things yeah, in your it's everywhere. It's email, in your browser, browser yeah, um, everything. You can use it directly, which I've actually enjoyed. So yeah. I haven't paid for their subscription, but I feel like I'm Me probably neither, but just should. Yeah, just the free part though is good too. Yeah. So. And then so our other segment uh, to kind of just get going here is. Shane's going to make me look like a, a total uh, non-techie person, which, by the way, I'm not. So it's kind of fun, then, for me to be the lay person on the podcast and re as, as it relates to tech, so I can help kind of bridge that communication gap. Yeah, so this one is going to be a little bit backwards this week. In the future, I'll actually pre-prepare something for you. But for this one, I think we're just going to anecdotally provide the story yep. and mention that you learned today that the 3.5 millimeter or what many people know as a headphone jack on your cell phone or your computer, not really your smartphones anymore. But anyway, that 3.5 millimeter jack can be mono or stereo. So I guess the question I have for you, Eric, is do you know then why for mono there's two rings on the plug and for stereo there's three? So I'll take a guess. Go for and it. And I should know this because I do a lot with you audio. Do quite a bit, yeah. <laughs> I don't have a clue about the tech. <laughs> My guess is that left, right, and center, so stereo would be encompassing all three aspects, but mono seems to be like one speaker, and stereo is two, so then I don't understand the two versus three rings, so no, I have no idea. Yeah, so my understanding, we're going to have to edit this out if I'm wrong later, but <laughs> my understanding is mono has two, one for the single channel of audio that you're getting, Okay. Um, and the other is just the signal, or like the power wire. Oh, interesting. Um, and then stereo is three for... So left, right, and then the power, power or the signal or whatever you so want to call it. So I was replacing power with center. Yeah. I'm probably wrong in calling it power. I'm sure there's some special term for it on a headphone DC, set. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But okay. So, so we all learned something new maybe, or some of you are some of chuckling <laughs> at how much we don't know. Uh, so our topic for today's show is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Um, the the reason why I guess you know we wanted to talk about like why this topic first of all it is October as we record this and the why whole is that significant <laughs> the the fact that it's October yeah for a number of reasons actually but uh, in terms of cybersecurity awareness look it was 2004 when this kind of um, uh, awareness was starting to be raised and kind of launched uh, specifically by CISA.gov uh, so you can go to CISA.gov to learn more but. It's just become so prevalent. Uh, some stats here to kind of talk about why. 86% of organizations experience an email phishing attempt in 2019, and if a breach occurs, 60% uh, of those organizations lose their data, 50% uh, lose credentials or accounts that have been compromised, 50% of those organizations are infected with ransomware, and I only have two more stats, I'm sorry, I know stats can be boring. 40% of organizations are infected with malware, and 35% of those experience a financial loss. The big thing is reputation. Wow. And there's a lot of facets to this. So Cybersecurity Awareness Month is more than just the business entity. It goes all the way to like the, um, you know, some of the dark corners of the web for child trafficking and things like that, and people committing social engineering crimes and cyberbullying, all the way to identity theft protection. 
um, but also like the stuff we're talking about here for business, like ransomware being a big one and phishing attacks and things like that. Which, I mean, those, those numbers you mentioned are, are staggering, right? 86%, the 60%, what was that one again? Yeah, the 60% of organizations lose their data. Yeah, so that That's a big deal. to me is a lot. But then you think about uh, the numbers that aren't shown on that statistic are the fact that even if, let's say you get hit with some sort of attack, ransomware, what have you, your data is encrypted, um, and you survive that, right? You get through all of this and you get back up and running and you're still a successful business at the end of the day. The amount of time and stress and dollars that go into getting you back up and running if you're not prepared for that type of attack is, you know, you can't count that, right? You can't count how many people's time was wasted, how many of your employees just sat at home and twiddled their thumbs for a week while you didn't have your servers up and running. There's yeah. so many. The damage control on yeah. the client outreach or customer outreach. No, yeah, I'm sorry, like I can't <laughs> fulfill your order today because we don't have servers. Yep. Like our, our entire network's down. Or if down. you're part of a supply chain, you know, depending on where you fall in that supply chain, if you're at the front of it. Now all of a sudden. All of a sudden a lot of other businesses can't deliver to the end consumer because you were compromised. Right, and I think that's the big thing that a lot of people don't see or realize when we're talking about these attacks is they think, oh, well, it's not gonna happen to me. Well, no, now that's not true, right? We have a lot of data that shows it's gonna happen to everybody at some point or another, some way or another. And so you have to be prepared for it. But then they think, oh, well, if it happens, you know, I'm prepared enough. I have enough. insurance. Yeah, you know, exactly. Um, that's not enough. I don't know. That argument uh, for me is like, well, I have insurance on my car, so, but I'm not going to go drive into a tree. You know? <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm not going to close my eyes. Uh, and Just and for fun because I have insurance. It's scary. So you obviously, just because you have insurance, you still want to take a lot of mm -hmm. um, proactive kind of actions to protect yourself. Look, there's... So I'm looking at um, CISA's uh, information right now, CISA.gov, that's uh, C-I-S-A.gov. And their hashtag for this month is Be Cyber Smart, um, is the hashtag. But the whole statement is Do Your Part, Be Cyber Smart, which sounds a lot like a chant. I think that's right. the intent. Do yeah. your part, be cyber smart. And that's going to be stuck in everyone's head for the rest of the week, <laughs> hopefully. Uh, but there's 4.8 billion internet users. 62% of the world's population is online. And out of those 4.8 billion people, there's some bad actors. A lot. So like you said, it's only a matter of time before something could happen to you. And when you think about just the human beings that occupy the internet, the percentage of them trying to do malicious things around the globe that aren't adhering to our governing laws here in the US, um, it's big business. You know, We've talked about this right. in, in other shows and, and webinars that we've done. It's no joke. Right, and I mean, the, the hardest part for people to grasp is you know, a lot of people say, well, it's not going to happen to me. It's not, I'm not the target. And it's like, well, it's not about who the target is anymore. These, you know, so-called businesses, you've given examples before of how they have help desks, et cetera. They're just casting nets, right? They're out there trying to find anybody and everybody who has a weak spot. And then they're just going to exploit that weak spot when they find it. And that's why it's so important that the individual, each and every single person is focused on protecting what they can and controlling what they can with their passwords, and we'll talk more about the other tools and stuff like MFA and things like that as we get into this. Yeah. And there's, um, let me just get, there's a certain spot I wanted to get to. So before we kind of zoom into some of these specific things, there is a kind of week by week thing throughout this month from uh, the National Cybersecurity Awareness Month 
um, program, their 2020 schedule. So October 1 and 2, which was last week as we record this, um, was their official kickoff. Week 1, which is where we're at right now uh, on recording this, um, is all about if you connect it, protect it. Yeah, these slogans and <laughs> chants and stuff are yikes. This is... But, I mean, yeah, I guess that's a good thing, right? They want people to be thinking about this, so they kind of made it a little, little extra cheesy. So I'll, I'll just go through the, what's happening each week, and then we'll zoom into the weeks where we you know, have some value to add and some things we can talk about. Week two is uh, October 12th, securing devices at home and work. That's interesting because it seems like more folks, due to COVID, are connecting from home. Yeah, you're kind of blending the two now, right? Mm-hmm. A lot more than you did before. Week three is an area that we're going to spend too much time on, uh, but it is about securing internet-connected devices in healthcare, which and also is topical given the yeah, landscape right now. Absolutely. And that's super fascinating, too. And I know, you know we don't talk a ton about healthcare, but I know that the security landscape, specifically IT security in healthcare, is just a crazy space. There's so much. So it's interesting and very cool that they're dedicating a whole week to that. A lot of consumer uh, data protection kind of things happening there and Every, data yeah, leak prevention and things like that. Um, HIPAA and compliances. And the list goes just on and on. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be responsible for a lot of that. <laughs> I don't know who the <laughs> single person is that like, makes up those things. It's a big topic. Uh, and then the last week, week four, um, which is October 26th, is the future of connected devices. And you know, without a crystal ball, like we can make some assumptions there. And, and talk to some things that maybe are on the horizon and some of the bigger tech companies are focusing on. Yeah, I imagine that's leaning more into Internet of Things, so smart home, that sort of stuff. Um, drones, I'm sure there's plenty of other fascinating it's, items that it's, fall into yeah, that category. I think we've, we've somehow skipped the Jetsons thing. We all thought it was me flying cars. And now instead it's like Amazon delivering packages. And, <laughs> and like total connectivity at every turn, no matter where you go. Right. So look, if we go back to the, if you connect it, protect it for week one, uh, there's a lot of resources that exist on the CISA.gov website that we could probably have, I mean, really, we could do a show every day this week and not even cover all of it. So the areas that we thought we wanted to dive into, depending on who's listening, um, social media, cybersecurity, password best practices on creating a password, and multi-factor authentication. And these things all tie together. Um, One of the recommendations that I think we've given quite a bit from a business and consumer standpoint is it's really easy to just enable MFA and turn that on. And it's also pretty easy to update your passwords and use a password manager. Um, One of the questions I'd asked you before we started recording was, do you have a password manager on your phone? Because if you're downloading a new app or going to upset on your device, uh, mobile device, which a lot of us are, and I get to the point where it's time to enter a password, I can either log in with an existing um, resource like Facebook, yeah. Google, sure. Twitter, et cetera. But what if I you know, end up using that same old password no. that I always use? No, like, Eric, let's talk about this. Don't. <laughs> Do not use the same password anywhere. I cannot stress that enough. Like, I think that's, that might be more, it's not more important than having MFA turned on on your accounts. But it's like, Second, it's right in line. It's right there, right next to it. Because if you use the same password for multiple things and you think, well, I don't care if my Doodle account gets hacked, big deal. Well, that's true. Maybe it's not a big deal if your Doodle account gets hacked and someone schedules you for a meeting or whatever. But what if that's the same password for your bank account? And now they know your password and now they're signed into your bank account. 
your social media accounts. Like it's just a things can get ugly pretty mess. quick. Yeah. yeah. Even if you think about like the consumer world of like catfishing and things like that, if people get a hold of the social media stuff, the engineering that can go into that is pretty intense. Right. I cannot tell you the number of times I've done IT support, right? So I'm familiar with someone gets compromised, their email account, what have you. They, they click on a link, they type in their username and password, they realize they screwed up and they tell you. And they say, oops, I, I typed in my password, so what do I, should I do now? And the first thing that I say that I wish I didn't have to say is, do you use this password anywhere else? Like and the answer you're gonna, and the answer is always yes, every time, like without fail. You probably are using the same password at least in a couple other places, and so then they got to go and change their password everywhere. Whereas if you just take the time up front, and like you said, it's really not that hard. You can have a password manager, or some sort of tool where you store all of your passwords. If you take that time up front and set this up so you have random passwords for every single website, now if you do slip up and you accidentally give up your password to something, it's not that big of a deal, right? You mm -hmm. just change that one account. Hopefully you already had MFA turned on it in the first place, and so the person didn't even get into your account even right. though you gave away your password. You go change that one password, store it back in your password manager again, and you're off It's an isolated incident. Way. It's very interesting because you know, we think about IT, there's something called N1 redundancy, right? So mm -hmm. having a backup of a backup of a backup, like always having something else in place is a fail-safe. So instead of having one generator, you might have two generators for a building or something like mm -hmm. that. Um, this isolates it, and I'm thinking of like virtual servers. So like if back in the day before that was like a thing, everything lived on one box. And yeah. if you turn that server off, everything turned off, right? All of your applications, your accounting, your file shares, all of these things like were in one spot. So the password, if you have one password and it's across all of your stuff, yeah. you're gonna shut all your stuff down like you just said, versus if you individualize it through a password manager. It's an isolated event and yep. it's way less of a headache and um, you're far more secure. Okay, I'm all about analogies. I'm thinking of like, it. it says if you, if you connect it, protect it. I'm thinking like if this was like gladiator times where like, you know, gladiators going into the Coliseum and that is the inter internet, right? And there's all these terrible things on there that could get you lines on leashes right. and people running around trying to stab you. Like, you have to protect yourself when you go out there. These are some of the things that you can arm yourself with. Right. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I think that slogan, however cheesy it is, if you connect it, protect it, uh, it's super, it, it helps you think, right? Like, if this tool or device or what have you that I'm using connects to the internet, I should be paying more attention to the security of it, right? And mm -hmm. that's especially true um, in businesses and for like residential for your home, right? Mm -hmm. Like a very good example, while it's not business related, is a smart home, right? If you've got a smart doorbell or a smart thermostat or smart light bulbs, whatever, in your home and you have an app on your phone to control those, well, guess what? That app isn't just on your phone and connected to your light bulbs and that's it. No, mm -hmm. that app is talking to Philips or GE or Google or whoever is on the other end of it, and they're the ones that are coming full circle back around to your internet to tell your devices what to do. So that account is online. So you should have a very secure password for that account. You should have MFA turned on for that account because the last thing you want is someone changing the temperature of your house or 
controlling the cameras in your house, right? We've all heard those stories, yeah, seen those stories on the internet, things, and yep. it is freaky. It's scary stuff, mm -hmm. right? And so that's very real. That's a very like easy thing to relate to with people. No one, no one wants that. No one wants someone on their home security camera creeping on them. <laughs> like that's terrifying. That is. Uh, um, so you have to, if it's on the internet, you have to protect it. You've yeah. got to figure out a way to make sure that it's secure. And that's so much more important when we're talking about small businesses and stuff, right? Because now we're talking about not just one home or one person, we're talking about a whole host of employees, a lot more money, a lot more time, a lot more resources. And you don't, you can't just throw those things away. Mm -hmm. That's the end of your business. If the you rabbit do. hole goes very, very deep, you know, and we're trying to hit on the low hanging fruit items here, like, you know, passwords on social media, even as a business, if you are doing marketing on social media on LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, we're all, all these places you can go to market yourself. Who controls that? Who in your business has that? Is it, you know, the intern and they have it linked into their social media? Where are they spending their time, right? Now you have a two prong kind of situation. A, you don't have control or management of it. Mm -hmm. So if they leave, how do you get back in there? Uh, password reset, et cetera. But also like you as the business should own that information and I think that's where password manager and MFA come in really handy. And they make um, great. That's just one thing, right? Yeah. That, that's not even considering other components of the business where right. you might have accounts under the business entity. Right, and yeah. they make great enterprise level tools for that sort of mm -hmm. stuff. Now, they, we were talking about password managers. They make them specifically for businesses so that you and I can have access to the same password. If you change it, I'm gonna see the new password and we can both get into the account. Mm -hmm. And then like you said, if one of us were to leave the business for whatever reason, um, you, that doesn't go with you. Yeah, hopefully I win the lottery, right? That's kind of like the cross your fingers. No, I think it's uh, the hit by a bus. <laughs> <Is that laughs> yeah, a classic, classic bus. Um, no, so those are just, again, do your part, be cyber smart, like mm -hmm. password, there's some best practices you can do for password management, you know, try not to use the same one, use a passphrase rather than like, you know, your dog's first name, not to say that your dog has a last name, I guess. <laughs> Your Dude. dog's name plus the number one, right? <laughs> Your dog's um, last name. And then enabling MFA is really simple to do as an end user consumer. If you're um, you know, a business, you need to do this on things with financial controls and the people that manage that mm -hmm. now, immediately. Hit pause on this podcast and please go do that if it's not something that's already I, been done. I would even say go do it for everybody, for everything. Right. Start there. And at home, know, but do bank it for accounts. Mm -hmm. Of course, no one wants to be the embarrassment money to have their decisions. social media hack, so yep. turn it on for that stuff, everything. So those are those are the lowest pieces of hanging fruit. Um, you know, there's, there's like I said, there's a lot of resources we could talk about and we could really kind of belabor this whole thing. I don't know that we need to go much deeper than that. I think we touched on like the future of devices uh, without going into any specifics. Look, we're only gonna rely and use these things more and more and more and more. It was two years ago when mobile device usage exceeded uh, desktop device oh, usage. Sure. And that feels like yesterday, you know? Well, now they're building what, foldable tablets and stuff with yeah. the idea that your mobile device is now big enough that you don't even, even need a desktop or a laptop. Yep. Like there's a lot of that stuff. The wearables the, are uh, yeah. going crazy. The I don't know all the details of it, but <laughs> Musk is trying to put a chip inside people's brains, right? All yeah. that sort of jazz. Like there's crazy, crazy technology out yeah. there. So I think, you know, that, I don't know, that covers the topic pretty well without yeah. going overboard. Um, we'll probably put some more information out for this month. We do have a, an event coming up 
um, later this month. Is it the 20? Well, we've got this Wednesday, the 7th. So we do have, yeah, so we yeah. have two. I'll let you. Yeah, so this Wednesday, the 7th, October 7th, I think I have that right, uh, at 2 p.m., we have a webinar on cybersecurity and phishing. So we're going to talk all about uh, the things to look for in emails uh, and everything else like that, where you can kind of some telltale signs on what to look for to make sure you don't get hacked. Cool. And then our cybersecurity mm -hmm. awareness panel is October 21st. Um, where we're going to have different seats from like the Waukesha County uh, District Attorney's Office, an insurance company, ourselves, and a few others to really kind of bring awareness to this and kind of tackle it from every angle and lens of business um, to really create some practical advice on what businesses should be A, aware of, and B, how they can do something with that information. Yeah, I think you and I are really excited about that one because we won't be the ones talking the whole time. But it is really exciting because there's going to be a lot of smart people on that panel Absolutely. talking about a lot of different unique business situations related to it. So it'll be very cool. Cool. Well, thanks, everybody. Yeah, thanks. Thanks.